Welcome to Truth and Liberty. Thank you for joining our interactive daily broadcast where trusted leaders bring insights and analysis to the issues from a biblical perspective. According to the Bible, it's the truth you know that sets you free. So call in today to get biblical answers, information, and resources to help you stand for truth and effect godly change in our nation and the world. And now here's your host, Richard Harris. Hello, everybody. This is Richard Harris, and you are watching the Truth and Liberty Live Call-In Show. I'm super excited to have you with us today. It's going to be a really informative and I think an inspiring program. Uh, we're going to be talking today with our very special guests, Pastors Todd and Kelly Hudnall. Uh, now, they're with us here live on set. So happy to have you guys with us. You are pastors of an amazing church in Colorado Springs called Radiant Church. And uh, I've invited you on the show today just because I think you are like uh, exhibit. I'll use lawyer speak, okay? <laughs> exhibit A for me in the case of what pastors ought to be in terms of engaging the culture. So just welcome to the show today. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you, Thank Richard. You. Yeah. Well, so now uh, you guys have been pastors there for, we just uh, looked at that, 17 years. Right. right. That's a long time for any pastor to be in one <laughs> spot. So uh, you've seen a lot of changes, I imagine, during that time. A lot of changes, a lot of changes in the culture mm -hmm. and just the atmosphere and Colorado Springs in particular. Yeah, but you haven't always been in Colorado. You used no. to be in, we were just talking about this, in Kansas and then Texas. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your journey um, over the years? How long have you been pastoring and, and all that sort of thing? Right. Well, Kelly and I met in Kansas and uh, I had been a church planner. I had been a, a staff pastor. I'd been an evangelist. So I'd done a little bit of everything. But after uh, we met and got married, we moved to Texas and we pastored a church in a small town called Lufkin. And that's okay. what we were talking about earlier where we saw God move yeah. in a really extraordinary way mm -hmm. in the city. Yeah. Uh, it, it was uh, one of those things where it wrecks you for mm. church as usual. Mm. And uh, then out of that time period, we ended up with a sense of calling to Colorado Springs that wasn't fulfilled back in 1999. And instead, we moved to San Diego, California. Oh, We were there for just a short period, less than three years. And the opportunity we thought was going to happen in Colorado Springs came open, and they asked us to come, and we did. And so we've been here for the last 17 oh, years. Oh, that's interesting. So you actually felt the Lord calling you Mm -hmm. And it didn't happen, yeah. but it came later. That's right. So there you go. There's a, we could just camp on this for a little while. Not patience, right? And, and waiting on the Lord. But guys, uh, this is uh, Pastors Todd and Kelly Hudnall who are with me today. And they pastor, again, Radiant Church in Colorado Springs. And we're going to be talking about a lot of interesting things today, including the role of pastors, church involvement in the culture, and the subject that's on everybody's mind, which is revival. Uh, whether you think it's here or not, or whether you just want it, you're going to want to watch and tune in today because we have with us a couple of folks who know a little bit about that subject. And so with your questions, I want you to call in. This is your chance. Uh, you can uh, talk to Todd and Kelly, ask them pretty much anything you want. Uh, our number is on the screen, 719-619-2341. We definitely want to hear from you today. And uh, so uh, make plans to call in now. I wanted to mention to all of our viewers that the Truth and Liberty Conference is coming right up around the corner, September 7th through the 9th here at beautiful Karis 
Bible College in Woodland Park, Colorado. It's uh, not too late to come out and enjoy the uh, the mountains. Uh, I think the aspen might just be starting to turn about that time. It's a beautiful, wonderful time of year, crisp fall air. But more than that, you're going to hear an amazing lineup of speakers during this event. Speakers that I've hand chosen in order to equip you, uh, Andrew and I have chosen, educate you and motivate you. So Andrew will be speaking along with David Barton. Uh, any chance you get to hear David Barton, you need to take advantage of that. America's historian, Chad Connolly, who is one of the most influential people in conservative circles in America. Uh, uh, Pastor um, uh, Lucas is going to be with us. Lucas Miles, uh, Janet Porter, um, uh, Alex McFarland, one of our co-hosts here on Truth and Liberty. Muhammad Faridi, who's a Karis Bible College graduate, used to be a fundamentalist Muslim terrorist, now serves Jesus with all of his heart. And then uh, I'll be bringing up the rear two. And we're going to have a special presentation, premiere stage performance of a brand new drama written by Elizabeth Murin called Overturned, commemorating the decision of the United States Supreme Court uh, reversing Roe versus Wade. Praise the yes. Lord. Can we get a hallelujah Amen. on that one? And it's going to be a once in a lifetime experience there. Plus, three custom-designed workshops to equip you uh, to stand for truth in the culture. And we have more exhibitors this year than we have ever had at Truth and Liberty. I think we're up to 40 now. These are like-minded, conservative, strategic partners who you need to know about and connect with. So don't miss the Truth and Liberty Conference coming right up. It's a free event. Just go on our website at truthandliberty.net and sign up today. I look forward, Andrew and I both look forward to seeing you there. Um, so Todd Kelly, we were talking about uh, your journey as pastors, and you were talking, you were mentioning that you had seen some things in Lufkin, Texas, of yes. all places. It's amazing what comes out of Texas. <laughs> as a former Okie, I'm always amazed at that. <laughs> but uh, tell me about that. What happened in Lufkin? Well, what had happened is we had become very dissatisfied with pastoring mm. from what we were seeing. And our church was doing great. You know, it was the normal church seeing growth, but you read about the stories of what God has done in the past. And when he says we were dissatisfied, we were dissatisfied with operating according to um, a business uh, format and, and like CEOs, you know, and what you going, can do in your own. Yeah, learning the, the strategies and the marketing strategies for yeah. getting more people in the seats and and making them happy. So they want to stay, you know, and comfortable and, and comfortable. We we became so absolutely uh, dissatisfied, discontented uh, because it we would look at what the American church had become and even what we were becoming as yes. pastors uh -huh. with the whole seeker sensitive model yeah. that everyone was following and all of the church growth uh, programs and conferences. And we were just done. And we were like, and, we did, this isn't what we signed up for. Yeah. You know, yeah. We love yeah. Jesus and he's what we're about. That's and right. we want to mm -hmm. see the Holy Spirit move yeah. as he did in the book of Acts. The miracles, the signs, the wonders. Amen. <laughs> you know, I remember the when the when the seeker friendly model and movement first started, it seems like back in the late 80s, early 90s. And the the word that was coined in that time where they were saying, well, these people are unchurched. Right. And it bothered me back then. I thought, 
is this our goal to church people? What's a churched person? Mm, right. Are we supposed to make disciples? Yes. Are we supposed to win people to Christ? Is it, or are we winning them to our church program? It seemed ungodly to me, not in an evil, well, it is evil really, uh, because it dilutes the gospel. Yeah. And I feel like that that whole thing has really uh, weakened the gospel in America. What do you think about that? Absolutely. What, what it felt like to us is you weren't just being seeker friendly, you were being carnal friendly. Mm -hmm. You know, if you want to be a carnal Christian, yeah. get out of church as quick as you can, mm -hmm. make it as easy as possible, as low challenging as possible, mm -hmm. never really have an encounter with God. Mm -hmm. This is your church. Yeah. And it's still very popular. Yes. Well, <laughs> because it will put uh, rear ends in the chair, yeah. right? But does it put hearts in heaven? Mm -hmm. You know? Um, I was reading in the in Judges recently. You mentioned uh, we want to see signs and wonders. And you know, when the when the angel appeared to Gideon, I've always Gideon's response, he says in um, uh, Judges chapter six, it says, Gideon said unto him, Oh my Lord, if the Lord be with us, why then is all this befallen mm. us? And where be all his miracles, which our fathers told us of, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? And then Gideon goes on because he didn't understand. He goes on to blame the Lord. The Lord has forsaken right. us. When it really wasn't the Lord that forsook Israel, it was Israel that forsook mm -hmm. the Lord. And aren't we in the same place today? How many how many yes. people are longing to see God's power move? Yeah. Um, but what's the recipe for it? What, what do we need to do, Todd? Well, I think one thing is just getting back to the Bible. Mm. And what does the Bible teach? Yeah. Because uh, George Barna, has come up with some staggering and disturbing yes, statistics. Sir. Yes. Before COVID-19, he found out that 19%, only 19% of born-again Christians had a biblical worldview, that mm -hmm. they looked at life from a biblical lens. Mm -hmm. And now, since COVID-19, that number's down to 13%. Only 13% of Christians live born with a biblical worldview. Yeah. How does that how does that happen? How does a a, a virus take biblical worldview out of people <laughs> right i mean that's not how what but yeah you know i think the, there's been a spiritual shift in yes, all of that too yes yes the the uh the onslaught against our minds and against our thinking you know the the number i always hear on that is four percent biblical world but i think that's that's, that's the, the, the population that's, that's as a whole population yeah, right. as a whole so even in the church yeah right. you've only got 13 percent of the people right. who say they're born again that's amazing. Well, so you guys, uh, I want to make sure to tell everybody today about this book that you have written together, Todd and Kelly. It's called uh, Holy Rebel. You've got a copy of it here. I think we can put a picture up on the screen. Um, and this book is, it's really a very powerful book. It's its personal. Uh, it's its uh, hard-hitting. Um, it pulls from your own experiences. It's scriptural, um, but I don't want to take—I don't want to take the glory. I want you to just take a few minutes, if you don't mind, and share with our viewers what is this book about and why do people need to read it? Okay, um, about four, four and a half, or maybe five years ago, I was in my war room, my prayer closet, and I was crying out to God. And when I say crying out, I'm talking just travailing in the spirit, crying out to God on behalf of the nation's youth, children, and young adults mm -hmm. that have been growing up under this satanic doctrine in America, the cultures, the cultural doctrine in America. Let me give you an example. 
we had a young lady recently come to our church, to our youth group. And uh, she shared with one of the leaders that with school just starting last week uh, in, in most of our most areas, most counties, uh, she said that one of her teachers told the entire classroom class, you need to partner with the LGBTQ uh, IA agenda and community, and you need to disassociate and distance yourself from any anyone who's religious because religion is toxic. This is a teacher in in our public school classroom. Okay. And, you know, that, that's today, but five years ago, you could see it. Yeah. We could all see everything shifting and changing the, the demonic doctrines of hell that are being forced down our kids' throats, you know, from, from education and the public school systems to entertainment and literature. I mean, everywhere they turn, they're being inundated with uh, these, these dark, uh, dark ideas from hell. Yeah. It's an agenda from hell. So I was in my closet and I was just praying and crying out to God. I mean, weeping. And I said, Lord, our kids, our kids have grown up in the truth. Yeah. Our kids have grown up in the word of God every day yeah. in prayer every day, not out of a religious obligation, but out of a love for God and a desire for our kids to know the truth so that they can walk in freedom. And I said, but Lord, what about the masses? What about the majority of the kids and the youth and the young adults that have grown up without a biblical worldview? What about them? And I heard the Lord speak to me and he said, I want you to pray for a holy rebellion. Mm. And I was stunned when I when I heard that in my spirit. I didn't hear him with an audible voice, but it was so clear. And I, I just paused as the Holy Spirit downloaded this whole revelation. Then I went to Isaiah 53, 12 and Luke 22, 37. And I read this in the NLT. I want you to listen to this. This is Jesus going to his disciples before the crucifixion, and he's preparing them for what is about to come. And this is what he says in the NLT. He said, for the time has come for this prophecy about me to be fulfilled. He was counted among the rebels. And then Jesus said this, he said, everything written about me by the prophets will come true. Now, that was a direct reference to Isaiah 53, 12, where it says, I will give him, Jesus, the Messiah, the honors of a victorious soldier because he exposed himself to death and he was counted among the rebels. He bore the sins of many and he interceded for rebels. rebels. That changed my life. It changed my prayers because the Lord revealed to me that we've all heard this again and again, but silence in the face of evil is evil. Mm -hmm. Silence yeah. is compliance. Yeah. And what the Lord has been, has just been speaking to us is that Jesus was the first rebel, but he was a rebel of another kind. He wasn't a rebel like the two guys that hung on either side of him on their own crosses. He was and is a holy rebel. Mm -hmm. And so every single human being, Richard, is a rebel of one kind or another. We are either partnering with heaven in a holy rebellion against hell's agenda, mm -hmm. 
or we're partnering with hell in an unholy rebellion against God yeah. and his truth. Yeah. And, and this is a time where we have to be like the sons of Issachar who discerned the time they were living in. And they, they discerned what God was saying and they rose up to take a stand and to make a difference. And that's really what this book is about. How do we do this? We're not rebels like terrorists. <laughs> we we want to terrorize hell, but how do we do it? With God's weapons of righteousness, holiness, and truth. What are we, what do you think God is calling us to rebel against? The the agenda of hell. Mm -hmm. The the dark message like in the classroom that this student heard last week from the so teacher when, you know when covid came and you guys tell me if you can if you relate to this but um i remember a conversation when it was first starting with my wife and she came and she said i was talking to so and so and she knows a nurse and this nurse said get ready it because uh it was it was like um uh, 10 days uh, lockdown or something like that. She says, get ready. It's not stopping. They're going to go wow. for two weeks, then they go to a month, and then it's going to... And I said, no, come on. That can't yeah, be true. Right, right. Sure enough, it was. Yeah. And then as it went on longer and longer, we saw churches locking down and closing. You remember when they first started? Well, it's only for a few days, mm -hmm. Pastor. It's only, right. only for a little bit. You know, We're going to let you have 75 and then you can have 50, right. and then you can have 10 in your congregation. And um, and I was surprised at the number uh, of Christians who went along with mm -hmm. the mandates and mm -hmm. did not stand up and say, no, this is wrong, it's unconstitutional, mm -hmm. and it's ungodly, and our duty to God comes before our duty to you. Mm -hmm. Were you surprised by that? And what oh, yeah. accounts for that lack of discernment among Christians? Well, I think part of it is... You want to do the right thing. Yeah. And we've never been down that road before. Mm -hmm. So initially we went along yeah. with what was going on. And you kept hearing, be a good neighbor, mm -hmm. you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. And we have a number of older people in our congregation yeah. who really probably should have quarantined or been, you know, with physical issues. Mm -hmm. But the majority shouldn't have, we know right. now. Right. So there came a time, and in Colorado Springs, I have to say, we had a, a number of strong pastors who came out. And we all said, let's open on the same day. Right. They can't shut down 20 of us yeah. or however right. many it was. Yeah. And Pentecost that's what we did. what we did. did right. yeah. Pentecost? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But, but so many churches continued to lock down and would even preach at the other churches. Oh, yes. Right. <laughs> Saying, you know, the Andy Stanley kind of go along with this. Yeah. You guys are bad. You're being evil because yeah. we're supposed to love. And people. we heard that. Um, is there something to do with the Holy Spirit in all this? Oh, right. Absolutely. Like what voice are you listening to? Yeah. Can you hear the voice of the Lord? How do you discern between mm -hmm. the agenda of the world and and mm -hmm. uh, what's right? So that's what kind of why I'm asking that. You know, I think that um, I think we need uh, people that are listening to the voice of God, don't you? Absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. Well, it, you, your book says Jesus was the first rebel, which I really like that. Some religious people might bristle at that mm -hmm. and think, oh, that's sacrilegious. But, but he was a holy, holy rebel. But he was a holy rebel. He's not like James Dean, right? I mean, I <laughs> He's rebelling against something. Hell's agenda. Hell's agenda. Yeah. And so um, that that's awesome, guys. Well, now, uh, what in, in America today, you know, we used to be 
I think almost universally considered a Christian nation. Right. Right. You don't have to go yeah. back that far. I mean, well, I look at uh, my own ministry. When yeah. I started in ministry, when you said the Bible says, people listened, yeah. secular people listened. Now, everything's relative. There is no absolute truth. Mm -hmm. So, what does it matter what the Bible says? Yeah. How did it's we a get different here? mindset. How, how did we get here? Slowly and a constant erosion mm -hmm. and uh, an unwillingness to be holy rebels and to stand against the darkness. And I feel like we've entered into a new time. Yeah. Uh, it, it's a new season. I think about uh, the sons of Issachar that Kelly talked yeah. about. Mm -hmm. And the church is in a new season. Yeah. The times you're referring to, I think we're a time of peace. And we've shifted mm -hmm. into a time of war. Mm -hmm. You know, Ecclesiastes 3 says there is a time for peace, but there's also a time for war. Yeah. And this isn't physical war. This isn't jihad. This is spiritual war. Yeah. Again, rebelling against the agenda of hell, mm -hmm. the agenda of darkness. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. And I think in the shift, we have to look at things differently. Mm -hmm. For instance, um, I think about praise and worship. Yeah. You know, there's a time to soak in the presence of God and enjoy the presence of God. But the Bible also talks about worship as a weapon of war. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think we need to recognize that, that through high praise, we can affect the spiritual atmosphere of a place, that praise stills the enemy and the avenger. So we need to look at it not only as a way to worship and honor God, which it is, but also as a weapon of war. And the same is true with prayer. You know, prayer is wonderful in just communicating and conversing with the Lord, but there also is a battle in prayer. Mm -hmm. You know, the Bible talks about it in the context of wrestling against principalities and powers, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. Mm -hmm. And even Jesus said, we're to rebel against the status quo when he said, pray your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Mm -hmm. Because clearly what's being done on earth isn't the will of God. Yeah. So we go to war in prayer to stand against the darkness. Mm -hmm. Or I even think about the Bible. You know, the Bible is so edifying, encouraging, but at the same time, it's a weapon of war. Mm -hmm. It's a double-edged sword. Mm -hmm. So we can decree and declare God's will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. Mm -hmm. We can see in the scripture how we're to battle, how we're to fight against the powers of darkness and against the agenda of hell. Mm -hmm. So it's a different season. Mm -hmm. And I think more churches need to recognize it's not business as usual. Mm -hmm. Things have changed. There's been a shift, and we have to understand that. And we have to change some of the things we do in order to rise to the occasion and the hour that we're in. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, being a rebel means, doesn't it, by definition, you're going against the grain, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So that means if you're choosing to follow Christ as the holy rebel, then you are going to encounter opposition of this world. Is that Absolutely. is that true? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. yeah so. Jesus said, they hated me and they will hate you. Yeah. <laughs> they persecuted me. They will persecute uh -huh. you. And, and that's how we know we're going in the right direction. Mm. If there's no opposition, if everybody loves us and, and thinks we're wonderful, Jesus said, woe to you. When all men speak well of yes, you, that's right. for that is reserved for the false prophets and the Pharisees. Mm. Wow. So, yeah. Well, there you have it. That's powerful. And uh, guys, right now here on Truth and Liberty, uh, God is my guests, uh, Pastor Todd and Kelly Hudnall, pastors of Radiant Church in Colorado Springs. And we are just getting going here. Uh, the, the skids are getting greased. 
This is an amazing conversation. And if you want to be a part of it, please feel free to call in. Our number today is 719-239. Excuse me, I got it wrong. Uh, 719-619-2341. And uh, we'd love to hear from you. Also, if you're in need of prayer or ministry or encouragement today, uh, please call Andrew's uh, phone line. His prayer center is open 24-7. And that number is 719-635-1111. And uh, so, Pastor... Todd and Kelly, um, your book um, says that we are at war. And I think a lot of people, even without the spiritual component, would say, yeah, there's intense division. And it's, you know, it's not just America, is it? Mm -hmm. Right. It's uh, kind of all over the world. Certainly the Western world is in this just intense period of strife at this point in time. Do you see it as spiritual at the core? Like, is there a spiritual reality that is driving this situation? Or, um, you know, is it just because of politics and personalities? I think there's a combination of both. One thing I think we need to recognize is the body of Christ. We can't just capitulate mm-hmm. to the world's agenda to try to get unity. Yeah. You know, Jesus spoke very highly of unity, particularly mm-hmm. in the body of Christ. And in John chapter 17, he talks about us being one, but he says in that your word is truth Mm. and that unity only comes by being united in alignment with God's word. Mm -hmm. And as long as we can come in unity with God's word, and that doesn't mean we have to agree on all the individual different aspects of doctrine, but in the core beliefs, we have to be on the same page. Right. And that is what brings unity in the church. Mm-hmm. You know, well, one of the things you see, I think, out of COVID and the increased um, attacks on the church is uh, churches of different stripes coming together, right? Yeah. And there seems to be, uh, in certain ways, more cooperation where mm-hmm. the differences that used to divide us don't seem quite so important yeah, anymore. Are you seeing great. that too? Absolutely. Yeah, that's a positive sign. I it think. is positive. Um, but on uh, in your book on page 36, uh, you talk about um, a vision that you had where God spoke to you. And he said that everything has changed. And this was a few mm-hmm. years back. We've got about two minutes, 40 left in this segment. Um, maybe you could tee that up for us, Pastor, and share what was that sure. vision and what happened there? Well, it was, um, our kids were little. It What was it, 12 years ago? About 2010, I think. And uh, we, the, one of the ways, one of the main ways we rebel against hell's agenda is through prayer and intercession. It starts there. <laughs> but we had put our kids to bed and we were praying together and interceding for 2012. Our, it was 2012. Was, yeah. We were interceding for our nation, for America. And I mean, deep intercession, just praying in the spirit, weeping and crying out to God for his divine intervention. When suddenly both of us could physically and tangibly feel something happened in the atmosphere. We could feel something is taking place right now. And I saw an open vision where I saw a portal opening in the heavens over America. And I saw something coming out of it. And at first I couldn't, I thought it was hornets. And then I realized it was demons. And what I saw was a portal opening and demons coming into America, hordes of demons. And it has felt like that, hasn't it, at times? It feels like there's been an infiltration of the darkness in our culture. But that night, we both heard the Lord say, 
everything's changed. You'll never do ministry the same. Mm -hmm. And it it changed us forever. Again, we were all ears. We were saying, okay, Lord, just seeking his face every day. Lord, what are you saying to us right now in this time in history and in our nation? And that that is so key. Part of that is that warfare motif, I think. Yes. Because, you know, in Isaiah, uh, God tells us there's going to come a time where they're going to turn their swords into pruning hooks. But then there's also a time where you're going to take in the book of Joel and turn your pruning hooks into swords. Mm. And that's the time we're in. There's this shift and there is a real spiritual battle going on Mm. and we can't be complacent. This is not a time for complacent Christianity. This is not a time for lukewarm Christianity. Mm -hmm. We need to be so passionate for God, so in love with Jesus and so willing to risk all for the sake of his kingdom. Amen. We're in the time Isaiah spoke of in, in Isaiah 5 when he said that they will call evil good mm-hmm. and good evil. All right. Well, guys, thank you. Uh, we're going to be right back in about 90 seconds here with Pastor Todd and Kelly Hudnall, authors of Holy Rebel. So don't go away. We'll be right back. Hey, you know, a big part of what we do here at Truth and Liberty is to provide you with the resources that you need in order to stand for truth in the public square. So I want to remind everybody to go to our website and check out our resources page at truthandliberty.net slash resources, where you can find material that discusses just about every issue we're facing today in our culture. And these are things that are prepared by our strategic partners and some of the uh, most influential and important organizations in America today. Andrew has many conferences and seminars around the globe each year. For the latest information on Andrew's complete speaking schedule, visit our website at awmi.net slash events. You were created with a purpose. Written in the heart of God long before you were born. He is calling you to find it. We want to help you experience his unconditional love to be equipped and empowered to become a world changer. Welcome back to the Truth and Liberty Live call-in show. I'm Richard, and here with pastors Todd and Kelly Hudnall, pastors of Radiant Church based in Colorado Springs. And we've been talking about their book, Holy Rebel. And uh, now, uh, pastors, you uh, just so people know a little bit more about your ministry, uh, your campus is near Academy and what's the cross street? Maysland. Maysland, uh, but it's not your only location. In fact, you're building a new campus north of town, uh, which is exciting, right? And you've also got a couple of other locations. I know you've got one up here in Woodland Park. So everybody in Colorado, be sure to check out one of these campuses. Um, I've been exposed to your ministry through Truth and Liberty and um, coming uh, to, you know, hold some events with you guys, right. you know, as we were doing pastoral outreach. And then a few weeks ago, we had, you had, along with Church for All Nations, a crusade, you might say, old-fashioned tent right. meeting in uh, Colorado Springs with Mario Murillo and Lance Walnow. And that was an awesome event, wasn't it? It was. Yeah. And that was a great example of churches working together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it was amazing in working with Church for All Nations. Uh-huh. It seemed like we were truly one church. And we don't agree on everything, 
but you would never know it yeah. because we work together so incredibly well. And so, you know, in the body of Christ, there seems to be some pastors who think, uh, and it's not just pastors, but a lot of Christians who think, well, we shouldn't touch culture or politics, or they might say something nice sounding like, I just am here to preach the gospel, right? right? right. And uh, I always want to say, what's the gospel? Yeah, yeah. And where does that lead you? <laughs> Where do you stop? And then right? your gospel's so weak that it won't confront evil. Mm. Yeah, right. And and like, um, okay, so like it, when you bake a cake, can you put yeast just in one half of it? Right. Oh, right? Yeah. Truth goes everywhere. Yeah, absolutely. You, there's no boundaries for truth. God's word touches all aspects yes. of life. But in this crusade with Mario Marilla, and I know uh, from just uh, uh, getting to know you guys that um, you know, you believe that, like I'm saying, that the word of God applies to everything and you can't draw this boundary. And so what happened at this Mario Murillo crusade? You guys were there, a big part of it. Uh, tell us all about it. Well, I could share uh, some of the miracles. Yeah. Uh, one miracle that really touched my heart. I didn't learn about it until the week after the crusade. I was at church and a lady walked in with a little girl who, oh, she was probably four and a half years old. And she's walking and she's swinging her arms and, and so happy to be in church. And the lady said, I have to tell you what happened. She said, um, I know this little, little girl and her family. And she said, they're not in church. She said, but this little girl was, was hurt, injured mm -hmm. at birth. She has never walked. And she never, she had no use of her, she couldn't move her right arm or her right leg. Oh, so goodness. she has never walked. And she said, I told her mom, you have to get her to the tent, get her to the tent, because I believe God will touch her there. Well, Richard, she came marching into church after the tent crusade was over, totally healed, wow. walking, total mobi mobility, and it was just absolutely beautiful. That's, so that's just that's one, awesome. one know, of many testimonies. So, um, I had just the blessing of being able to speak for a little bit there. Yeah. And then... Um, at the uh, uh, fire and glory, fire. yeah, yeah, fire and glory, and and then um, was there for a couple nights of Mario's ministry and watched a couple of altar calls and the the salvation. Of course, nobody can give a salvation message like yeah. Mario. It was so amazing. It's like Billy Graham, isn't it? Oh, it's just so incredibly beautiful to see these people coming down like that to give their heart to the Lord. What I'm what I'm driving at, I don't know if I can articulate this or not for you guys, but um, the the um, I don't want to say blending because that's not really the right word, but the taking the boundaries off of our preaching and off of our ministry so that we not only so it is possible, I guess is what I'm saying. This crusade showed in front of everybody's eyes. It's possible to bring people to Christ, to minister the healing power of God, the baptism in the Holy Spirit, and to speak to the culture and empower yes. people to be salt and light. Absolutely. Am I right? Absolutely. Yeah. That's that's very important to us. Mm -hmm. And all of those things you mentioned are high priorities for us. Um, you know, if I could speak even to any pastors who may be watching this at any time, it would be to never have a service, a, a worship service or a gathering of believers where we don't present the gospel and give people an opportunity to come to Christ. That is something that has truly burdened us 
in recent decades is seeing more and more churches move away from altar calls Mm -hmm. and they will have people come in, give them a nice message of practical feel good message and never give them an opportunity to understand salvation through Jesus Christ, Mm -hmm. through faith in Jesus Christ and give them an opportunity to come to Jesus. Um, Because that is always has been and always will be the greatest miracle is when a life is saved. Amen. Amen. And I also think for pastors, the aspect you're talking about of being able to deal with the things going on in our culture, yeah. the Bible deals with it mm-hmm. all the time. Right. It's it's not like you have to try to put that on the side. <laughs> As you're teaching the scripture, it absolutely conflicts with the culture of today. Right. And so it's so important that we're willing to proclaim the truth of God and not compromise it to fit the culture. Right. We need to speak. We need a prophetic word today yes. that speaks from the word of God to what's happening in our culture, to the sexual confusion, to uh, all of the evil and wickedness that is happening in our land. God has a word for every aspect of our society. Every problem, every uh, dilemma that our society is facing, God's word has something to say about it. We simply need to let God's word speak. Well, guys, uh, again, it's Pastors Todd and Kelly Hudnall, Radiant Church. If you've got questions for them today, please feel free to call in. Our number is 719-619-2341. We'd love to hear from you today. Questions or comments uh, are totally welcome. So, guys, they, you know, the, Jesus said in um, Luke 17, 21, that the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven is within you. And a lot of believers uh, will rely on this verse for uh, an idea of, we're not supposed to try to get involved in the world and gain, you know, worldly influence or, you know, these sort of things. We should just, uh, you know, mind our own business, have a nice life and, and worship God, be holy in our living, but stay out of politics, right. stay out of business, stay out of entertainment, stay out of anything controversial, right. and somehow the world will come to us. Yeah. Uh, what do you think about this? Well, Jesus also called us to be salt and light. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And the salt's got to get out of the shaker and the light has got to get the bushel thrown off of it mm-hmm. so that it can expose the darkness. And so it can bring light of God's truth into situations. Yeah. Well, what about politics, though? Are we, when when Christians get involved in politics, people accuse us of trying to force our religion on people. Is that what we're doing? Or is it just another version of standing for truth? Well, I think you can only look at history and uh-huh. say, was Wilbur Wilberforce wrong? Mm. William Wilberforce, when he spoke out against slavery, yeah. that was totally a political issue. Right. Abortion is a political issue, okay. but we've got to stand for life. Yeah. The, so many of these issues that we consider political, the Bible speaks to. And if we're going to speak the word of God, we're going to speak concerning these things. Yeah. I think what's so important, and really, Richard, you brought this out uh, in many ways, And that is that we can do so without being bombastic Mm. or attacking people or uh, being harsh. Uh, We can be loving and we can be godly. But the reason we're doing what we're doing isn't because we want control, but because we love people. 
and care about people mm -hmm. and want the best for people. Uh, people being confused about their sexual identity yeah. and destroying their body through all these surgeries and drugs, that's not the best for them. Right. That's not the best for society. God's got something better. That's right. And, and that's what we're proclaiming and that's what we're sharing. We're, we're simply going into all these different uh, avenues of ideas and philosophies and saying, but here's what God says. Mm -hmm. And we believe this is best for the flourishing of society. Mm -hmm. Not because we want to dominate you, but because we want God's word to make your life the very best it can be. Wow, that's really well said. I think I'm going to rewind this and listen to that one again. <laughs> that is awesome. So as we're engaged in this fight in the culture, Kelly, your book talks about that it's important for us to remember our identity. And I think you've got a chapter on that. Can you comment on that further? Uh, here at Andrew Womack Ministries, I, uh, our identity in Christ is a big topic all the time of you know, really driving that home. It's, an, it's necessary oh, for victory. But how does that relate to us getting involved in the culture? Well, in understanding our true identity, we have to go to our creator, mm -hmm. the author and the giver of life. He is the only one, the one who created us is the only one who has the right to identify who we are. Mm -hmm. And, you know, to speak to one of the most prominent uh, issues in our culture today, he made us male and female, mm -hmm. that, that there are two genders, <laughs> but, but understanding our identity it comes through seeking his face, going to the creator, going to God, the father through Jesus Christ, his son, going to his word. I, I again, think about Jesus in John 17, where he could have prayed anything before the ascension, but he prayed for his disciples, both then and those who would come later. That includes all of us. And the thing he prayed for is, Father, make them one as we are one. Mm -hmm. Sanctify them by your truth. truth. Your word is truth. So in order to truly understand mm -hmm. our identity, we have to go to the way, the truth, the life, Jesus Christ himself, and to his word that is truth, to really understand our true identity and live as free people. Mm. Um, so as Christians, we we have to live in the truth, saturate ourselves yes. with the truth. Jesus said, yes. if you abide in me and my words abide in you, and that word abide is, is huge. Mm -hmm. It's not an occasional uh, flip the Bible open and put your finger down and read wherever it lands. It it, it is living in the word, abiding in the word, um, being mm. saturated in his truth. And so as believers, we have to do that and then point others to the truth. You know, I was talking to somebody the other day here uh, in Colorado who was sharing with me um, sort of a shocking story about how uh, other Christians involved in politics here in this state had said some incredibly vicious things and hateful things to him. Hmm. And, and you know, it, it makes me think about what you're saying, Kelly. When, when we go into the culture, no matter whether it's politics or anything else, yeah. we're going to encounter the devil right? Mm -hmm. And if we're not solid in who we are, if we're not right. abiding in the love of God, in our identity in Christ, then we're going to want to react 
Right. We're going to want to be defensive. Right. We're going to want to get angry. We're going to want to lash out and do all these things that will, in the end, damage our witness and make yes. us ineffective. Right. Uh, are, so do you good. see that too? Oh, that's so good, Richard. That We have to be winsome. Mm-hmm. We have to represent Jesus well. Mm-hmm. He was bold. He confronted people, but he also did so because he loved them more than anything else. Mm -hmm. And he always presented himself in a way that you look at it and you read what Jesus said and you say, how could anybody have ever said this better? Uh (laughs) I mean, you can't improve on the words of Jesus. And we should be led by the Spirit walking in love toward people. Mm -hmm. And we say what we say, not to straighten them out or try to get them to agree with us, but because we love them and we're speaking the truth in love, like Paul said in the book of Ephesians. Mm -hmm. You know, going back to kind of what you were saying earlier, um, Todd, the uh, people forget this, but when our culture aligns with truth, Mm -hmm. whether it's life, whether it's free free enterprise. Oh yeah. Whether it's uh, the, just the very, the, the acceptance that there is a thing called truth, right? Not moral relativism. People, prosper people mm-hmm. do better people are happier and and are better off mm-hmm. just like wilberforce you know um yeah slavery is wrong yeah you guys over here are getting rich on it but all these people over here are being killed and murdered and suffering terribly um and and i i, I think that when we talk to inside the church about why should we get involved if yeah it kind of in in some way comes down to a basic mm-hmm. answer Mm-hmm. because people are hurting yes right. oh yes right. absolutely they need answers they're looking right. for them yeah and in the wrong places yeah what's so interesting to me richard i mean you just touched on this but when you look uh at kind of the political climate and where people stand there's all these agendas that you wouldn't think would go together mm-hmm. but they do yeah because they have one thing in common they're all against the Bible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, when it's this racism, this extreme racism, what is it? It's dividing us in races. Yeah. Where the Bible says we're one race. We're the human race. Mm-hmm. We all came from the same blood. Yeah. Or, or the extreme climate, uh, you know, that it's going to change everything. It's going to destroy our world. When God says, I'm in control, I'm sovereign, I created this planet, it's going to end when I say, yeah. not when you predict. Right. You know, in yeah. five years, it's going to all be over. That's right. Uh, or, I mean, you just go down the line, the, the issue of life, yes. the issue of, of gender. I mean, mm-hmm. all of these things, they all line up contrary to the scripture. It's just right. astonishing. It this is. is a spiritual battle. That's right. This is not Republican versus Democrat, right versus left. This is God's word, God's truth, the truth versus lies, right? good versus evil. Yeah. It just boils down to that. Yeah, amen. I can't help but think of... Uh, a situation that I shared in one of the chapters in the book that actually came from Mike Huckabee. Mm. When his daughter, Sarah Huckabee, was young, I think he said she was nine or 10. We Mm -hmm. actually heard Mike share this story in person. Yeah. And he said he took her to Yad Vashem. Yes, which is the Holocaust Museum in Israel. Israel. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And he said he wasn't sure at her age, if she would be able to handle it or even grasp the reality of what the Jewish people went through. But he took her and he said she was completely silent as they went from exhibit to exhibit and completed uh, the entire tour. And they came to the end and there was a guest book. And you were to write your name, where you were from, 
and then a statement mm -hmm. after going through the museum. Okay. And she took her daddy's pen out of his pocket. And it's hard for me to say this without getting emotional. And he said he looked over her shoulder to see what she was going to write to see if she really understood. And all she wrote in that blank, in that guest book was, why didn't somebody do something? Mm. When I heard Mike Huckabee share that story, I knew that God was speaking to his church, mm. his sons and his daughters in this hour, just as he did Esther and Mordecai. Mm. And I always bring Mordecai in because there would not have been an Esther without Mordecai. Mm. So it's not just about God's daughters. It's his sons and his daughters. And I believe we are in another Esther moment, an Esther movement right now in America. Mm. I believe it's worldwide, but let's talk about America because yeah. that's where God has placed us, okay. all of us strategically. But we're in that same time now where if the church does not speak up, and stand up. If we do not do something, if we stay in our little salt shakers and our little church holy huddles and say, oh, we can't say anything outside of the church because somebody might get upset with us, we are going to be held accountable. Yes. We will stand before God one day and have to give an account for the fact that we did nothing, mm -hmm. that we said nothing, much like the church in the time of Nazi Germany. Yes. I can't remember. I, we've all heard Eric Metaxas uh, share this repeatedly, but did he say a fifth of the church was with Hitler? A fifth was with Dietrich Bonhoeffer. They were holy rebels. They were partnering with heaven, rebelling against what was happening with the Jewish people. Mm -hmm. And he said, and then the rest, the was majority silent. was silent mm -hmm. and yeah. they did nothing. Mm -hmm. when, when millions and millions and millions of Jewish people mm -hmm. were slaughtered. Mm -hmm. And we, we may look at that and say, oh, well, that's not what's happening today. But it is. It is. It's happening. Yeah, today. it's happening in our schools um, every day uh, of every week. Like you were saying earlier, our children are being—they're having their innocence stolen. Mm -hmm. uh, they're having their minds perverted, and they're being damaged. And they don't—they are absolutely powerless to resist yeah, it because right. they don't know it's happening, and they don't have the skills to fight back mm -hmm. against these people that are that are doing this. And um, and yeah, and the church, you know, it's so similar, isn't it? In Nazi Germany, uh, the history of it was that after World War One, the German nation was impoverished, you know, and they were under sanctions and all this. And they, Hitler appealed to that sense of, mm -hmm. of uh, you know, you've been wronged and all this and, mm -hmm. and follow me and we'll, we'll prosper right. this nation again. And so when Germany did start to build its war machine and people are making money again and they have a sense of identity and all this. No one wanted to give that up by challenging mm -hmm. Hitler. No one wanted to step out there into the uh, get the you know in the uncomfortable place of saying no, this isn't the right path. And today, you know, the church 
uh, I think people are starting to rise up. Christians are beginning to speak the truth, but we're not there yet, are we? No. We've got a long ways to go. Yeah. And um, and thank God for pastors like you who are taking a stand and who are an example to other churches. Um, let me let me just pause for a second, remind people if you've got questions for Pastor Todd and Kelly, please call in. Uh, our number is on the screen, 719-619-2341. We do have uh, some calls coming in now, and I'm going to get to those in just a second. But I want to ask you this question. In, you know, Colorado Springs, um, it kind of used to be seen as somewhat of a Christian Mecca, if you will. I, I don't like using that word, but you know, uh, a center, a hub of Christianity in America with various large Christian ministries located here right. for whatever reason. Uh, but but um, what I've seen over the last 10 years is really there, there are pockets like your church and other churches, but there's a whole lot of lukewarm Christianity in Colorado yeah. Springs. As you guys have tried to, make, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but you've begun to take leadership in the community among the church. How has that experience gone for you? Have you found resistance? Uh, are people coming behind you or inspired by what you're doing, fighting against you? What's what's going on in Colorado All of the above. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard. Yeah. It's hard. Going against the grain and rebelling against hell's agenda is not easy. Mm -hmm. It's hard. Well, it's I think in the church too, and, and I can understand this, people see it as a bit of an oasis. Let's yes. get away from the problems of the world. Let's forget about what's going on in the world. Let's don't care about what's happening there. Mm -hmm. Let's just worry about our family take care and of take care of us and enjoy this little time at church where we get a respite from the world. Amen. Yeah. And, and I think that's a very real issue with people. Yeah. Well, uh, we're going to take this call here in just a second, but you said it earlier. You said that God spoke and told you that everything is changing mm -hmm. or everything has changed. You know, it used to be uh, that church was where I went to get right. refueled, right, right, for the week. And then, you know, we'd go home and we'd relax on Sunday afternoon, maybe take a nap, have lunch and chill out. And then my work week begins and I come back and do it again next Sunday. So right. either once a week, uh, uh, you know, dip yourself in and get re. It's not like that anymore no. because every single day is an intense battle in the culture yes. and there are lives at stake and we literally cannot afford to have that mindset anymore. And the church has to be an equipping church, yes. not an entertaining church, yes. but an equipping church. What does that mean? Well, Ephesians 4 says that the, the pastors and teachers and leaders in the church are to equip believers for the work of ministry. Mm -hmm. That's what we're called to do. Right. So yeah. how do they confront the issues that are going on in this culture? The church has to teach them mm -hmm. what the word of God says and how they can confront these situations and how they can deal with them in a biblical way. Yeah. Well, how do you do that uh, with one sermon a week? <laughs> right? It definitely takes more than one sermon a week. Um, you know, there several years ago before the pandemic, I'm sorry, is it okay if I say that? Uh, yeah, that's, <laughs> no I think that's what it was. It was a pandemic. But but several years ago, even prior to that, um, you know, every year we take time at strategic points to fast and pray and mm -hmm. seek the Lord. And uh one particular year we were seeking the Lord and saying, Lord, what is the most important thing for the body of Christ right now? And he spoke so clearly and he said, 
get everyone in the word every day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Amen. Everyone in the word yeah, every that day. That is so critical, isn't it? Um, so yeah. important. And one of the things that's happened since COVID is Bible reading is way down in America. It's uh, amazing the impact it's had. It's gone up well, in our house. Praise the Lord. Well, guys, we do have a caller on the line. I want to take this call. And uh, so we've got Frank from Missouri on the line. Frank, thank you so much, brother, for calling in. What's your question for Pastors Todd and Kelly? Oh, I just wondered what the outcome, you guys have been talking about it and probably answered the question already about the outcome of uh, Mario Morello's tent revival. And, you know, uh, you know, it's, it's wonderful to see uh, the miracle signs and wonders up underneath the tent. But uh, um, I'm asking about, uh, you know, the people that were affected under that tent. Did they carry some of those miracle signs and wonders outside of the, outside of the tent? And do you think that we need... More than like a two-week tent revival. I mean, Billy Graham back mm-hmm. uh, back yonder, what was it, in uh, late 40s, he had a 48-week meeting in a uh, tent meeting in, in in New York. Do you think that we need to stretch mm-hmm. out uh, uh, so that people could, uh, uh, you know, tag into to, and, and really get a hunger for for God and the things of God and and, and reading the Word like 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 you're saying? Thank you, Frank, for that question. So we've got about two minutes before our break. If you don't finish, we'll pick it up on the other side. So go ahead. Okay. I would love to say something. Uh, Again, was there a lasting impact from that tank crusade? And I would say absolutely. And I think the fullness of that impact will only be realized in eternity. But the miracles, of course, were huge. The salvations were huge. But even personally, we have had uh, some of those uh, individuals that committed their lives to Christ in the tent come to our church, and now they have been paired up with people who are discipling them, who are meeting with them for an hour and a half every week to talk to them about the scripture, to go through a series of classes uh, that are all about following Jesus. What does it mean to follow Jesus? So discipleship is happening. Life transformation is taking place. And on a larger scale, scale, just having events like this, crusades like this, where even the churches can come together, because it is so important in this time that we come together in unity and in one accord. And we are definitely seeing that, not just with CFAN, but because of that tent crusade, we have become connected with other pastors and intercessors and business, Christian business leaders in the community. And and that's what we need in this time. We need the remnant. I think that is part of God bringing the remnant, the pieces of the remnant uh, together to stand together and rebel against hell's agenda because we're better together. All right. Well, uh, thank you, Frank, for your question. Um, You know, I was, uh, like I said, I was at that that tent meeting and I thought it was amazing. There were people, thousands of people there. Uh, I think the tent held 5,000. So it was a really big event. Um, And you are actively discipling the people that came to Christ who who are seeking that discipleship. And so that's amazing. Um, We're going to take a break now for 90 seconds and we'll be right back and continue talking about this. 
At Truth and Liberty Coalition, we work to unify, educate, and mobilize the body of Christ to change nations. That's why I want to encourage you to go to our website at truthandliberty.net and subscribe so that you can begin receiving regular updates uh, about our show, news items, action alerts, blog posts, and much, much more. Uh, all you have to do is go to the website, click subscribe, share your email address, and you'll begin to be equipped to stand for truth in the public square. This is a godly nation. It was founded upon godly principles and the body of Christ needs to stand up against the rewriting of history. And in order for us to do that, we're gonna have to learn true history. God is calling us to rebuild His house so that He can manifest His glory in the midst of a corrupt and pagan world. I would argue that America has been more prosperous, more successful than any other nation because we've done more in reading and applying the Bible. We chose God and we chose to live by the Bible and we've done things no other nation has ever done. When the God of the impossible lives in us, the entire political reality can shift where we walk. We're the ones that have the truth. We're the ones that stand up. It is the history for Christians to speak out and to make a difference in this nation. Well, we're back here on the Truth and Liberty Live call-in show. I'm Richard Harris. My guests are pastors Todd and Kelly Hudnall of Radiant Church in Colorado Springs. And Radiant has a campus in Woodland Park, one in North Colorado Springs. And uh, I, I just believe there are a, a handful of churches in, in this area that are really the epicenter of what the Lord is doing. And um, and yours is one of them for sure. Now, Kelly, you mentioned CFAN. That's our good and dear friend, Pastor Mark Cower. Yeah. Church for All Nations is what that stands for. And there's several others, uh, uh, who some of whom we've had on the show here and we're good friends with. But God is doing a big work in this area. Um, but you hit on something that I think is really, really important. And, and it's Ephesians chapter four tells us about the fivefold ministry mm -hmm. and what the work of it is. It is to equip the saints mm -hmm. for the work of the ministry. That to me sounds a lot like discipleship, not yeah. just winning souls, although winning souls is the first step mm -hmm. and critically important as every one of us knows. So how do you do that though? That's my question, Pastor. How do you equip your flock to go into the culture and to bring the life-changing message of Jesus in whatever uh, sphere of influence they might be in. Well, I think there's a number of ways that you do that. Mm -hmm. One thing Kelly pointed out was having everyone in the Word every day. Yes. But actually showing them how the Word of God applies to whatever they're doing yeah. and how the not only the ethics of the Scripture, but the, the very fact of who they are, like you said, with identity mm -hmm. in the marketplace in politics, you don't uh, compartmentalize your life. Yes. You don't have, you know, your Jesus worship on when you go to church on Sunday, but then you're a completely different person at home or in the workplace. We need to teach people how to bring their beliefs, how to bring their faith into every area of their life and how it applies there. Mm. And I think that's critical. And it really belongs, first of all, in the home. Yeah. We stress so highly having family altar, mm -hmm. where as a family, you come together and read the word of God and discuss it and talk about it mm -hmm. and pray together and pray for one another. That's really where it begins is in the home. Wow. Yeah, that's absolutely right. Kelly, do you have something on this? Yeah. And then even in the church, uh, we're so thankful for Truth and Liberty, for right. Pastor Mark Cowart and CFAN. 
Um, and that is one of the amazing things about partnering with others, coming together um, because of their influence, because of your influence with Truth mm -hmm. and Liberty. We now have cultural impact teams in our church yes. At, at our campuses as well, where people are being trained to go into every, the seven mountains of influence in the world and make a difference. Okay. We have uh, a man in our church, a member of our church who is the chairman of the school board and another one who's running. And I'm pretty sure she's going, we believe she's going to get on the school board. <laughs> they're, they're taking these seats of authority, people in the church, not the pastors, but the, the congregants, the church members are, are rising up in this Esther moment, and they're taking their positions of authority in the business world, um, in, in, in politics, getting involved, speaking up, speaking out, making a difference. And, and, and so I want to say again to pastors and people uh, in churches right now that are not doing these things yet, you don't have to reinvent the wheel. You don't have to figure it out on your own. It's already taking place. Yes. So just partner, partner with Truth and Liberty, partner with churches like CFAN and Radiant. We will all come together. We will help you to start cultural impact teams in your congregation so that you can train and equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. So we have, uh, in, over the last few months, I, I put on our website a pastor's resource page. So we had a resource center, hmm. but what I did on this is I pulled out from our resource center the tools that I think would be most uh, appropriate for a pastor and, and easy to find. Oh, so that's we've got how to start a culture impact team, all the links oh, wow. for that, uh, biblical citizenship courses, a uh, yes, program with Patriot um, and uh, Christian heritage of America, you know, you need mm -hmm. to know how this nation was was birthed because it was the pastors that did it. Yes. It was the preaching of the word of God on, just like you said, taught on every aspect mm -hmm. of life. They That's were talking right. about everything from earthquakes to old age. Right. Right. And um, if you've ever seen David Barton present on uh, that, it's yes. really fascinating. Yes. Um, so check out, if you're, if you're a pastor or you're in ministry, or even if you're a, just a leader in your church, check out our pastor's resource page. I'm not trying to just plug it for the sake of plugging it, I really think it would be helpful, a helpful oh, window a because resource. you guys know, I mean, to just to lighten this up just a little bit, it's pastoring is a hard job. Oh, it is 24 hours a day. Even yeah. when you're sleeping, you're thinking about your church. Yeah. I mean, you don't, you, you go home at night, but you really never are yeah. able to fully turn it off, are you? And so the last thing we want to do is go and say, pastor, you need to do this and you need right. to do that, right? Right. When we go to our pastors, we need to bring solutions. We need to bring offer ourselves as a vehicle, right? Right. And, uh, so, so you guys that are watching today, if God's stirring it on your heart, you know, go talk to your pastor, but don't do it to tell him or her to do something. Go offering yourselves as a vehicle that's so good. and that's check out so the resources. Good. As a pastor, I appreciate that, Richard. <laughs> that's that's a good word. <laughs> I bet you do. Yeah. So, um, praise the Lord. Well, guys, we're here with Pastors Todd and Kelly Hudnall, and we still have some time in our program today for you to ask any question uh, that might be on you. It can be a Bible question. You might have a theology question, or uh, maybe it's culture related. Maybe it's about their experience. But call in today at 719-619-2341. Also, I want to talk again about your book, Holy Rebel, which is really an excellent book. Uh, they can uh, Let's put that on the screen. I think the, there's a website for it. Is that there still is. an active link? And it they is. can um, 
Uh, is that right? Holyrebel.co? That's right. Okay. And so they can order a copy there? They can. All right. Well, you guys all need to do that. And then I just wanted to give you an opportunity to talk about your church and your vision for this area. Uh, you're building a new campus in the north side of Colorado Springs. Yeah. Um, and with Bidenomics yeah. <laughs> and COVID <laughs> and everything else, uh, you know, you've got your challenges just like the rest of us. If right. you guys are touched by this vision, I want you to support them. Todd, why don't you take a minute and share what's going on? Well, we uh, have a campus at Maislin Academy. That's our central campus. And we're currently uh, getting new campuses, mm -hmm. facilities, one here in Woodland Park. And it, we already have a building, but we're moving into a larger building because they've outgrown it. And then in, in North Colorado Springs, uh, I'm a very conservative person. Right. And uh, so we were trying to do our new building debt-free, but inflation hit. Mm -hmm. And if you think inflation's hit the grocery store, it's really hit the construction market. Mm -hmm. It's extraordinary. Our project went up something like three or $4 million from when we originally thought we were gonna be uh, mm -hmm. building. And so uh, the increase came, and I, I think this is a good lesson for everybody. Mm -hmm. God spoke to me and said, it's time to rise and build. Mm -hmm. And the timing was ideal because it was before the interest rate shot up. Uh, it was uh, God's timing in many ways, but you're tempted to say, okay, God said it, but what about this? What about that? And you have to just keep going back to what has God said. Yeah. So we have moved forward. We're actually putting up this new building right now. Mm -hmm. And we believe it's going to be a center that God can use in that part of our city to impact our city for Jesus Christ, mm -hmm. because God has called us uh, to honor him by growing a community of passionate followers of Jesus Christ to impact our world. Amen. We're not called just to gather together, uh, to enjoy one another. We're called to impact our world. Mm -hmm. And it's not going to be done by complacent, compromising, carnal, mm -hmm. cultural Christians. It's right. going to be done by those who are passionately in love with Jesus mm -hmm. and who are committed to his word and committed to making a difference. Yeah, amen. Mm -hmm. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, what's the website for your church where people can connect with you? Radiantchurch.org. Radiantchurch.org. So you see that on there. Well, so why don't we now go kind of full circle. I want to go back to Lufkin, Texas yeah. and hear the story of revival there that changed. Sounds like it changed you guys forever, changed your heart about what we're really doing here in yeah. this thing called church and pastoring and ministry. Can you well, as we said, we had gotten a little dissatisfied with church as it was at that time. Mm -hmm. And our church was growing. We were doing well, but it's like God has more. Mm -hmm. And we were actually at a conference. And at that conference, God spoke to me. And uh, he said, I have called you to bring revival to East Texas. Mm -hmm. So I didn't know what that meant. Um, and so I thought, well, maybe I'll start fasting. And I did, and it was the worst fast I've ever been on. It was horrible. Mm. I felt sick. I thought, this is not the way. God has a way he's going to bring this to pass. Mm. And suddenly, God just started breaking through. We were at a minister's uh, conference, and I was asked to receive the offering. It was a large conference. I got up to speak. The Spirit of God came on me. I just started weeping. The Spirit of God fell in that auditorium. Pastors started weeping, wow. repenting to one another. Mm. And it, it was just the season of what God was doing. Mm -hmm. And then we started seeing that kind of thing happen periodically in our church. But then we went to, uh, to Pensacola, Florida, mm -hmm. where there was a revival going on at, at Brownsville Assembly. Mm -hmm. And uh, we went there. And the minute 
the music started, the spirit of God fell on me. I just began to weep. Mm. And when the altar call was given, Steve Hill gave an altar call. 200 people ran to the front of the auditorium. Mm -hmm. And I said, Kelly, we've got to have this. Mm -hmm. So we went back to our church. I get up to speak. And I said, we're going to cancel every other meeting. And we're just going to join together here. And we're going to pray until we see revival break out here. Mm. And when I said that, I said, who's with me? And nobody moved. Mm. Finally, one man came up, he embraced me. And when he did, there was a tear running down his cheek. The spirit of God fell in our auditorium. It was the most incredible thing. And it was like people were shot. They fell out on the floor, weeping and like travailing and crying out to God, repenting. And we had two wow. services. Well, the second group is coming in and there's no, the place is filled with people weeping and crying. So we say, if, if you're not under the power of God right now, please leave so there's room for more people. Oh my goodness. And it just broke out. And we started seeing God move in the most incredible way. Biggest drug dealer in the city came to Christ in our meetings. We had people who were in bars who just felt compelled to come to the church, receive Christ. Mm. Uh, later, the city manager said they credited our church with a change in the crime rate in the city oh my. out of that revival. The Lord. And we saw... We, we were seeing 100 people a year come to Christ. Suddenly we saw over 1,000 and then 2,000 a year come to Christ. We became one of the fastest growing churches in America, not because of technique, not because, because of the outpouring of the Spirit of God. Wow. It was incredible. That, was that is awesome. That is really awesome. So, it changes you. It wrecks you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So revival, um, you know, last uh, earlier this year we had... Uh, what some people call revival at Asbury University. Yeah. And uh, we haven't heard much of that lately, but do you feel like that we are entering into a revival period or are we we're kind of deceiving ourselves? Has revival mm -hmm. come? Or, or, or as some people call it, including Andrew, saying the third great awakening? Mm -hmm. um, I, you know, I believe there are lots of signs of it. Mm -hmm. Historically, greater awakenings take decades, you know. Yeah, right. Uh, and and um, it seems like some we are seeing some positive signs, but how do you feel about it? Yeah, and I, you're free to be honest. You don't have to agree with <laughs> I I do. I do believe that awakening is beginning. Uh-huh. But it's just beginning. And it's in a remnant, I think. And yeah, that you do see a remnant awakening and rising up and coming together. I don't see it on a massive scale at this point, but but we we are excited and hopeful and anticipating another great awakening. It's what we pray for. Mm. And Jesus said, when you pray, Believe you receive what you ask for and you shall have it. So we are praying and believing for another great awakening. And yeah, I think we are seeing the beginnings. Uh, and I, put a, I give a lot of credibility to people like Andrew and others mm -hmm. who have proven to hear from God, who yeah, are saying that. Sure. And I hear that and I say, God, I agree with Amen. that by That's faith. Right. Yeah. I'm not sensing it. I'm not seeing it yet. But whenever I see a glimmer, I grab a hold of that and say, right. God, Amen. Let it be. Well, so your book actually has, I think, uh, some uh, section or chapter on, on revival. And um, my question is, uh, some people think that revival is just like uh, happens sovereignly. Like all of a sudden God rends the heavens and pours out the Holy Spirit and boom, you're in revival. 
is it is that how it works or do we have a role to play in it uh it, it seems to me that god is probably always ready and willing to revive us and to pour his spirit out and his power out uh do we have to reach a place where we're just uh done you know with the world Boy, and with the ways that we've you know, been doing things and turn with all of our hearts to God. How, what's the? I think there's a com combination. Yeah, there's a combination. But remember, two Chronicles seven fourteen. Mm -hmm. If, right, that's a big word. Yes, if. sir. If. God didn't say I'm just going to do this. He said, yeah. if my people mm -hmm. who are called by my name yeah. will humble themselves, and I think that's huge. Humility is so huge in this hour, yes. and I think self-promotion has got to go. Mm -hmm. It's just got to go. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, seeking my face, turning from their wicked ways, then I'll hear from heaven, forgive their sins and heal their land. And you see that pattern throughout revival history. Mm. That's a big if. Yeah. And I, I so let's put this scripture on the screen, Second Chronicles 7:14. Uh, we used to hear this verse often in the church. We haven't heard it a lot lately, but it says, Then if my people who are called by my name, so that's talking about us, isn't it? That's right, right? church. Will humble Not themselves. What's this about humbling ourselves? What, what does that mean right here? How are we supposed to humble ourselves? That is huge. Yeah. Um, at the beginning of this year, as again, go, going into a time of prayer and fasting and seeking the Lord, Lord, what do you want us to focus on this year? There were two words he gave us, radical humility. Ah, uh radical humility mm -hmm. and i i think i've i've gone through this season i'm going through it now where i will go to my prayer closet and each morning empty myself before him mm -hmm. and just coming back to that place of saying lord i am nothing apart from you hide me in your pavilion and only take me out when you want to use me for your glory. We have to get free from ourselves, our mm -hmm. flesh, our carnal natures, pride, pride. When we were going into the tank crusade and we were meeting together every day for a solid month before the tank crusade, which I think was maybe as significant as the actual event mm -hmm. when Churches were coming together, pastors, congregants from different churches. We were coming together to pray. And the thing that kept coming up is pride will kill the move of God. Yes. yes. You have to hate pride like God hates pride mm -hmm. because it will destroy revival and the move of God that he wants to bring. Mm -hmm. And there's a quote that's very well known, and I don't know who it originated with. But it's the idea that pride isn't thinking less of ourselves. It's thinking of ourselves less. <laughs> and I think that's great. I yeah. think really humility is focusing on Jesus. Focusing on Jesus. And and not on ourselves. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I agree with that totally. And so the scripture says, if we humble ourselves and pray, pray we can't have revival without prayer. That's can right. We? Absolutely. It, it will not right. come without I don't prayer. know of any revival no. that prayer didn't come before it. That's yeah. Right. Uh, there's a wonderful quote. Uh, when God intends great mercy for his people, mm -hmm. he sets them to pray. Mm. So you see the sovereignty of God in that. God wants to bring revival, but he, he doesn't just do it. Mm -hmm. He sets his people to pray. Yeah. And I think that's a sign of revival when yeah. there are extraordinary prayer meetings when we join together nightly with Church for All Nations, oh. you've got to share your vision because I think that's a key. Which one? Of the little houses of prayer. 
Oh, well, it was actually a dream that I had in um, 28, was it 2018? No, it was, it was 2021. <laughs> I've had so many dreams and visions from the Lord, but this was very unusual because it was the first dream that I had ever had an angel visit me in the dream. Mm. And um, so in this dream, I see, I, I see two streams. And these, and these streams are important. I think it's important for what we're saying because we determined that what God was saying through that, there's two streams, yeah. a stream of revival and reformation. and reformation, and they're both essential. Hmm. So I saw these two streams. They were like twin streams and they were twisting and, and curving in and out of these massive, beautiful oak trees. And immediately I thought of Isaiah 64, where it says that, that, you know, it calls us oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord to display his splendor. And that's what we're here for. We're here to display his splendor. Mm -hmm. um, and there's so much I could say about that, but for time, just get the book, read the book. Um, but the angel showed me these two streams and they were fascinating because they were like twin streams and the water was pure, pure white. I mean, as white as milk and it was bubbly and effervescent. And something that struck me was it, it was defying gravity mm. instead of the water flowing downstream. It was defying gravity and flowing going upwards, against the current, going against the, the, the grain, mm. going against gravity, defying gravity. And I'm fascinated by this and I'm taking it all in. And then I realized there is an angelic presence behind my right shoulder. And so it was like, it took my breath away. And I heard this angel say to me, these are prophetic stream and prophetic streams. And the move of God will be carried on these prophetic streams. Mm -hmm. And so I'm taking all of this in and immediately I think of Job where it's written, you shall decree a thing and it will be established. These are prophetic streams. And it's like, I'm getting this spiritual divine download in the midst of all of this. And what the Lord is, is saying to me, the message to the church is there are two streams that are moving right now and they're defying gravity. And those two streams are, they're prophetic streams and they're the streams of revival and reformation. Mm -hmm. And then he showed me, it was like I was translated from seeing that to seeing uh, a group of believers. It was like I was, the angel was with me and translated me to seeing a group of believers that were gathered together in one accord and in unity. And what were they doing? They were decreeing God's word mm. over the nation. Amen. They were praying together in unity and in Amen. one accord in radical humility. And I was taken by it. I mean, it was the most beautiful sound. And then he took me from that to another gathering and another gathering. And none of these gatherings were huge. Mm. They were small gatherings. And I believe it was the remnant in different locations in, across America, the remnant and across the world. But I was seeing pictures of the remnant coming together in radical humility, praying in one accord and decreeing God's heart and his word for the nation and for the nations. And the angel then took me back to the streams and the message that I was given there is if the remnant stops, this move of God stops. Yeah. 
prayer absolutely and 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 declaring his word well we've got a caller on the line i'd like to go to now um who actually has a, a question that i think is along the lines of of something i wanted to ask you todd so let's go to aj from colorado uh aj thanks for calling in what's your question today for pastors todd and kelly Thank you. I was wondering, with all this expansion talk and everything else, how do you guys find time to keep yourselves grounded in the Lord? You have to make it a priority. Mm -hmm. It's got to be your highest priority. Number one. You've got to stay focused on Jesus and make a commitment. I mean, every day our priority, first thing I get up in the morning is start talking to the Lord mm -hmm. and go into prayer. Mm. And prayer and the Word of God I mean, it's so basic. Mm -hmm. But once you get out of that, you're in serious trouble. Oh, yeah. That's You've got so to true. stay grounded in God's word and stay grounded in prayer. Yeah. And also just one another, sharpening one another as believers oh, and uh, having a, a group of believers. Mm -hmm. You know, they, they in the book of Acts, it said they went back to their own company. You need uh, your own company. Amen. You know, we're tempted, aren't we, uh, to to carve away at that time, you know, mm -hmm. to think, well, I'll just get this done first. And uh, I, I really got to respond to this email before right. it gets much later. And, and then, you know, um, a, a little bit of that here and there. And the next thing, you know, we look back and we might, you know, just be giving Jesus a nod in the morning instead of actually spending time mm -hmm. in his presence. So I, you know, it's absolutely huge, isn't it? Oh. Uh, they can't be replaced. What are we doing if we're not with the Lord? Right, right. It's His. We're, we're yeah. working for Him, aren't we? Yeah. yeah. So if we neglect Him, what's the point of anything? He said, "You apart from Me, you can do nothing." Yeah. <laughs> right. For us personally, something that's been really important as a church and as individuals are spiritual. We call them spiritual surges. Uh, you know, during the Iraqi War, how they eventually won that war was a surge. Mm. And we have sensed there's times when there's a surge and, and we will go into a time of fasting and setting aside other things and ramping up our prayer life. Mm. It's just a time of pressing in. And those times have been uh, punctuated our lives in ministry. And they have been places where you take spiritual ground. Yeah. And it's been very important to us. Wow. That sounds like a book. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. That, that sounds really interesting, really strategic. Well, so... Um, we, we've talked about revival. We've talked about, you know, how to stay fresh. What's your message for pastors out there today? Uh, guys, you've been at this a long time. Mm -hmm. You've seen some amazing fruit. You've seen things that most pastors just dream about. Mm -hmm. What's your message to the pastors that are listening today? I remember several years ago sitting with our friend Jim Garlow mm -hmm. in San Diego. And uh, he had invited us to lunch, and there were several other pastors there also. And um, if you know Jim, he is definitely a, a godly, holy provoker, a holy rebel. <laughs> and he really had gathered us and was talking about the fact that in the, the nation, in the changing nation that we were in at that time, uh, it was imperative that as pastors, we stand up and speak up, that we speak the truth. And I will never forget it. And I'm sure Todd will never forget it either. Most of the pastors around that table all said, we know you're right. We know it's true. We know we need to stay, take a stand and we need to speak up, but we're scared. Mm -hmm. We're scared to because people will leave our church mm -hmm. if we take a stand. Mm -hmm. Money will leave our church if we take a stand. We're, and, and so I would say, 
what the what Proverbs says, that the fear of man brings a snare. And we have to be those who fear nothing but God yes. and hate nothing but sin. And those who will follow Jesus in being holy rebels who partner with heaven and rebel against hell's agenda with righteousness, holiness, and truth. Mm. Yeah, that's it, huh? Any room on that one? That's really good. And my heart does go to pastors because I I think during the pandemic, that was so tough for so many because they didn't know what to do. They were hearing it on both sides. Pastoring is difficult. It's challenging, and it's become more challenging. It's so much more difficult than it was Mm. 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. but. The reality is that we are in a very critical time, and we need people who are bold and courageous, who will uh, wait on God, come under the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, and speak the truth regardless of the consequences. Well, you know, uh, going back to the pandemic, that's that's what we saw was that in the end, it was those who took a stand yeah. that prospered, right? Yeah. Those who said, we will not be shut down. Yeah. Uh, you know, th- This is wrong and unconstitutional, and God commands us to gather. Um, and, and those who took a stand prospered. And those who complied with the spirit of Antichrist are the ones that you know, are closing their doors, are weakened. Have, and, you know, you can get really spiritual about it, or you can be also kind of practical. I think people looking for are looking for leadership too, mm-hmm. right? And and we respect leaders that are bold and confident, that know what they believe in and can lead others, you know, in that direction. And so who wants a pastor that's just going to go along to get along, yeah. you know, who's only yeah. interested in, in um, filling the seats again? Yeah. <laughs> that's right. But but at the same token, it is hard. And how do pastors keep themselves renewed? Obviously, your own time with the Lord. Mm-hmm. Do you have any other practical advice? Come together with other like-minded yeah. pastors. Yeah. Um, you know, where we are here, uh, CFAN, there are others, many other churches together in this. Find uh, your tribe. Yes, find your tribe. That's a great word. Yeah. Yeah. But let's come together and tear down denominational walls. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. Uh, it's time for denominational walls and barriers that that divide us needlessly to come down. Mm-hmm. And and let's just be there for each other. Well, guys, uh, you've been watching today the Truth and Liberty Live Call-in show. It's been just such a joy to have uh, Pastors Todd and Kelly Hudnall on Pastors of Radiant Church in Colorado Springs. Let's put their website up one more time for their church, um, radiantchurch.org, I think it is. And then also be sure to grab, uh, to to jump on their website and get a copy of Holy Rebel. Uh, it's an awesome book. You'll be glad that you read it. Uh, be proud to have that in your library for sure. And, you know, um, so why don't you send a copy, uh, send a link of today's video to your pastor and just let it be an encouragement to him. And uh, be sure to check out the pastor's resource page on truthandliberty.net. And uh, if you're going to a church today and you don't have a culture impact team, you don't have a biblical citizenship course, um, you know, or your pastor doesn't, um, you know, talk about the role of Christians in culture and society, uh, get on that resource page there. And and why don't you get some of those resources to him or, or make yourself available to him? So it's been a real pleasure uh, to have you guys on today. Thank you for coming up and spending this time with us. I really have enjoyed it. And uh, thanks for watching, everybody. I want to say a special thank you to the CTN Network for carrying our show uh, once a week. They are a huge blessing. And uh, if you haven't registered yet for the Truth and Liberty Conference, be sure to do that. And we will see you guys uh, next time here on Truth and Liberty.
Thank you for joining today's Truth and Liberty livecast. You can watch today's and past livecasts in our archives at truthandliberty.net. Our goal is to educate Christians and connect them with resources and organizations to help them impact their sphere of influence. You can help us accomplish this by making a donation at truthandliberty.net slash donate. Join us next time for more Truth and Liberty.